Hashtag MSW is the hashtag that you can use for the show. And tonight we're talking a little bit of rugby in this hour. And you can also interact with us on 089-110-2000 and 089-110-3377 with your WhatsApp voice notes. They're coming through on uh, 060-708-0484 and 060-584-2250. And uh, hey, I mean, the Springboks and the British and Irish Lions, we can't forget in 2009 when the British and Irish Lions played their three test match series there against the Springboks with matches out in Durban, Pretoria and even Johannesburg, as well as matches against the six provincial teams and a match against the South Africa's A-side, which is, of course, the emerging Springboks and the Lions. They won all six of their provincial matches and drew with the emerging box. That sounded a signal of things to come at the time because South Africa won the test uh, series, defeating the Lions there 26-21. That was in the first test. And then 28-25 in the second, which was an epic one. And uh, the third test was won by the Lions there. 28 points to 9. I mean, the highlight of the series definitely was the second test out at Loftus, which the Lions led up until the 76th minute when they fell to 25-22 behind. Now, two minutes later, Stephen Jones, the Stephen Jones, he scored a penalty to draw the sides 25 all with only two minutes left. Very, very intense. And then two minutes into injury time, it was the substitute Mornay Stain who scored a 52 meter penalty kick to win the match 28 25. Now, there was something else. I was at the stadium. I was sitting amongst the Lions fans as well. In their red tops, they fell silent after that drop goal, that penalty there by Mornestein. And at the time, then, Mornestein really made that jersey, that number 10 jersey, his in the Springbok squad at the time. Now, joining us on the line is none other than Usbu Gamjigeliso, Sports24 Deputy Editor. Usbu, good evening and welcome to the show. Hi, good evening, Leto. Uh, how are you doing? I'm I'm fantastic. I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for having me. Do you remember that moment I just uh, talked about? Yeah, no, I remember. Uh, not exactly from the stands myself. Uh, probably at a friend's place somewhere oh. when I was living in Iceland at the yes, time. So yes. hopefully I'll be in the stands this time around. Pity there won't be any fans, though. It's a pity that uh, chances are there won't be any fans because I know that uh, SA Rugby is pushing to ask government to allow some fans in the stadiums because I can tell you about the attendance at the time there when it comes to those uh, British and Irish Lions matches. I mean, uh, the one that uh, took place out uh, in uh, Durban there, the attendance was 47,000 with the second one at Loftus. It was uh, 52,511 and I was uh, the 11th person in there. And then uh, the one at Joburg was 58,000. So, I mean, if let's say they can say maybe 10 percent or 20 percent of those fans can come into the stadium it still is better than nothing yeah absolutely it would be a whole lot better than nothing and if you consider the financial ramifications as well i mean if you look at ten thousand people in the stands you know that that could be a lot of turnover for for sa rugby who've lost billions in this COVID era mm. uh if we're, if we're being honest and 
a lot of them, I mean, if they could allow at least some UK visitors, maybe 5,000 uh, overseas visitors who've been vaccinated. I mean, the UK population by and large has been vaccinated. And, and they're going back into the stands. We saw at the end of the English Premier League, you know, FA Cup finals and all that. They were, they were having fans at the stadium, obviously not, not at full capacity, not even at half capacity. But I think some concessions will need to be made by government to to allow at least a trickle, to make it a spectacle. You know, I think mm. even broadcasters, um, uh, uh, you know, I spoke to a few broadcasters and, and they want they want fans in there because it's not the same spectacle, even if you can televise it and, or you can have it on radio and as compelling as that is, even without fans, you know, you lose something. Yeah, you definitely, definitely lose something. Now, the Springboks, the squad was announced. And uh, yeah, not a lot of uh, surprises there because, I mean, the last time the box actually kicked the ball in anger, it was uh, during the World Cup final, which they won. And uh, now we actually have uh, the squad being announced. And 29 Rugby World Cup winners there and only eight unkept players in the 46-man squad uh, that, that was announced today by, uh, you know, uh, the, the Springbok coaching team. What do you make of the squad that has been announced for this uh, Lions series? Uh, well, I think I think the squad is good. I mean, it leans into the the Springbok World Cup winning team mm. of 2019. Uh, not not too much deviation there. I think they've done well to keep a lot of them uh, fit and and in shape. You know, guys like Francis Stein, who incredibly is in line to play two British and Irish Lions series, and you know, likely to win two World Cups and and win two of those. So. I think he'll be the only person to do that. Um, and there's some fresh blood as well. You know, a guy like Roscoe Speckman. I think the Bulls made an error by letting him go. That's mm-hmm. just my personal view. Um, he's, he's really, really lit up rugby. If you remember the, the Bulls of, of Pote Human in 2019 and in 2020 as well, he was a standout attacker at the Bulls. And, and he went to the Cheetahs and, and did pretty much the same. I'm excited to see him. excited to see Apelele Fasi. Uh, Sanele Noamba, uh, Joseph Dreber, uh, former Cheetahs number two, went to Bordeaux, um, and and he he obviously left um, with with a wee bit of an axe to grind, and then the buddies come back, and you know he's a kind of he's a kind of guy who you'd want in your side rather than playing against you because he plays with a lot of vigor and with a point to prove all the time, and 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 that's exactly what I think he's going to do going into that. Uh, training squad. I think he's going to want to be there and not get out. Obviously, there's a few kept box in that number two yeah. uh, position ahead of him. You talk about Marco Marks, Bungin Monambi, and then Skaran Tubeni, who has a single captain's name. Yeah. Joseph Dewey is not going to want to be pushed out of there. And uh, there's a few other surprise picks. You, you Nico Janssen van Rensburg, who was signed at Montpellier by Jake White and and has been, you know, roped in. I think that's because there's a few injury doubts. Arches Neyman and Luotti and those guys. But by and large, pretty solid squad. And then, I mean, in terms of surprises, any surprises there for you? Uh, you know, omissions, I'll, I'll say surprise omissions. Kerwin Bosch, mm-hmm. I, was, I was surprised that he wasn't, he didn't crack the nod, um, you know, and, and surprise selections again. I, I think I'll have to go back to, to, to Nico Jansa van Rensburg. I'll have to go back to maybe Ascara. Um, you know, guys, you talk, maybe they might have missed it a little bit. I'm surprised that Lisa Pogoga also didn't, you know, force his way in. And, and Kuni Wurzhazen was chosen ahead of him. I thought, wee bit of a dicey core. I mean, both of them have 
you know, similar injury records. But I, I really think as far as combinations are concerned, you know, you you have Lizzo, you have to pair him up with Trevor Nyakane. Uh, that's 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 your one and three combo uh, settled. And Cooney has just been a left field uh, selection for me. Um, I obviously, I haven't seen much of him playing overseas now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he, when he left, he, he wasn't as dynamic or, or as you know the blockbuster Cooney that that we'd seen at the Cheetahs. He was at the Sharks and very injury prone, and he had switched from loose head to tight head, and he didn't seem to be doing well in that position. And I thought maybe the boat might have missed him, but uh, clearly Rassi Rasmus and Dragnina have seen something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm hearing that Lizzo might have been injured, but I can't confirm that. But we'll see. We'll see how the rest of the the, the squad um, develops. But yeah, for me, biggest omission, Kevin Bosch, I'd say, but uh, not not decisive in terms of match winning capability. I think there's a few guys who can who can step up to the plate in that regard. And then I mean, with the Jacques Nina, but what do we know about his coaching record? Well, I mean, if, for the layman, it won't be much. Uh, mm. he's, he's been the behind the scenes. Uh, defense school really. Uh, he's, 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 he's built up and, and developed some, some great defensive systems like we saw for the Rugby World Cup, mm-hmm. like we saw with the Stormers. Um, they had a, had a long extensive record being the Stormers defense coach under, uh, uh, firstly under Rassi Rasmus when he first went there and then Alistair Kutia took over and then the Stormers went to numerous semifinals and the Super Rugby final with him at the wheel. Um, he started off as a conditioner at at the Cheetahs with Rassi. They they have a good relationship um, that stems back from the time when Rassi Rasmus was the Cheetahs head coach in 2005, around about. And uh, he's not he- he's not been head coach of mm. of his own team before, so I think that'll be interesting. But um, you know the dynamic that the Springboks have decided to go with for the sake of continuity is by having. Rassi Rasmus as your director of rugby and, and Jacques Ninamba as your sort of, I'll put it in the Dutch rhetoric, as a trainer, as your sort of head coach, the guy that's actually hands-on, mm-hmm. uh, will put on the cones on, on the floor. So that will be your Jacques Ninamba. It's, it's not been done before in South African rugby uh, at, at Springbok level or, or a higher national level. It's been tried. It's hit and miss for me, um, but we'll see how it's going to pan out. Uh, you know, also it wouldn't have worked maybe having two alpha coaches, you know, one reporting to Rassi Rasmus and one mm-hmm. being the head coach. You know, you can't have two bulls in a crowd, as they say. So I think this was the best way to, to move forward for the box after the success uh, of 2019. It was either going to be someone like Jacques Minaba or Nzwandila Stick or, or someone else being promoted from inside. Mm. Now, earlier on, you touched a bit, you talked about uh, Achias Neyman there and uh, a bizarre story that came out. Him and Demin Delindi suffering burns in a fire pit accident. What does that even mean? Yeah, I think I think the boys had a fair few uh, good ones there. <laughs> uh, there's also, you know, a report came out this morning that, you know, somebody decided it might be a bright idea to throw petrol into a spit bry. Um, yeah, and then that's when the, the, the entire explosion happened. Uh, yeah, like I say, just just one of those. I think um, coming to the end of the domestic season, I think the brains are switched off, and guys are already thinking about maybe going on holiday. 
mm-hmm. um, and winding down. So uh, things like that can happen. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, there were no serious injuries, and and the burns were not as 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 serious as first feared. Because I mean, when the story came out, they said that they sustained uh, burns, some on their hands, some on their hands and faces. And I was thinking, what were they lifting the thing and they dropped it, or what's going on? But now it turns out then that maybe someone might have tried to put like a little bit of petrol or whatever the allegation could be there. How badly injured are they, though? Yeah, no, not as badly as as first uh, thought, because um, they suffered, it said they they suffered superficial superficial burns to legs, hands, and face. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, significant significant enough for them to go to hospital uh, and be attended medically. Um, But uh, Dialende actually said that he should be ready in a few weeks, which fortunately for us, if you're Rafi Erasmus, it doesn't rule them out of the... Of the, of the Lions, Lions tour. tour, yeah. Mm. So, so yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, it's bad enough to cast a, an unprofessional light on proceedings, um, but fortunately, maybe maybe Archer will come back with with, with shorter hair at, at most. <laughs> and, and shorter hair and no eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, it, it would have shaved a few a few eyebrows off, but nothing more than that. Yeah, no. Yeah, and uh, with the. Um, you know, I say rugby wanting the fans, and the, the the squad has been selected. Looking at the the squad, like we said, that the last time they they actually played was uh, against uh, uh, was in the final of the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. What type of strategies are we expecting, and differences in terms of uh, styles of play are we expecting uh, Nina to actually bring into the squad as compared to Rassi Rasmus? Ah, oh, don't expect much. At all, don't expect them to deviate from from what worked best in Japan. You must remember that the box not having played in in what in what will be almost uh, you know eighteen months, more than eighteen months, in fact, by the time they face the Lions, they they can't. There's no leeway to to try something new. You know, I mean, they, they have to go with a few new players because of the retirement of Beeson Tarira mm. at number one. I think an Oxen check and slot in there quite easily. Mm. Um, as well as, you know, your Scott Brits retiring, your Francois Lowe retiring. Uh, but in terms of how they're going to play, I don't think you should expect anything more different. It worked the first time. And I think having the team pretty much the same as well, having only changed maybe Don Human as your scrum coach and brought in Dion David as your forwards coach in lieu of uh, Matthew Proudfoot um, uh, leaving for, for England, um, and Alec Walters being changed as well to 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 another conditioning coach. So I think aside from that, the nucleus of the team, your your Siakolisi, Siakolisi's fit is looking in great shape. Um, your 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 tight five, I mean, all 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 things well. You have Eben Elizabeth and, and Franco uh, Mostert there, like anchoring your scrum in the second second row, your back row. I know Dwayne Vermeulen has gone for surgery on his mm. ankle, but you know he still has about a month to go before you know he can he can start strapping his boots up to play against the Lions. And he's the kind of guy he can slot straight into the starting uh, fifteen as, as soon as he's fit. That's how important he is to to the lineup. You've got your Peter Steph Dutoy, who's been playing well for the Stormers of late. He's also injury free now, so. 
that said, you know, having Henry Pollard, having, you know, all these guys that, you know, coming together at the precisely the right time. You saw Makazola Mapimpi last week against the Lions. Mm-hmm. Played brilliantly for, for the Sharks as if he was never in Japan at all. So, you know, that nucleus is there. The guys have played well. They've played together before. When they get together, they look on your arms and the rest. They're going to be like, hey, guys, we did this in Japan. So what we need to do is, is just prepare ourselves for maybe a tougher challenge because, you know, to beat a team three times um, or at least twice in a row, I think it's a lot tougher than a one-off game where you can you can knock them out and forget about them because once they figure you out the first time, they, they, they're going to figure you out a second time. You know, they once you face them, they're going to understand your weaknesses. If if you overpower them in the scrum the, in the first match, don't expect it to be an easy ride in the second or the third match. So it's that intricacy that you'll find, you often find in playoff games in, in basketball where it's a best of seven and, and, and it's a really, really hard slot. Now you can imagine in a rugby game where the physical intensity is added to that, you know. So I think for me it's going to be very interesting, but the Springboks are definitely going to play the same way. They're definitely going to look to counterattack. They're going to use a high ball. Um, the scrums are going to be a big factor. And Peter Stefkitoy and, and Fiaco Lisi and Dwayne Vermeer, then are going to be your gun tacklers. And, and they're going to look to exploit using uh, a, a Faf in the base and, and, and Andre Pollard and, and maybe strike with Vili uh, or, or Damien Willemsa from fullback. And, Obviously, having your your, your center partnership, Damon Dearland, and look at your arm. Yeah. In the business, Makazola Mapimpi, Spoon Course on the wings. It's exciting. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I wish you could start tomorrow. I'm also looking forward to it, Spoo. Spoo, you know, trying as close as I no more. Thank you so, so much for your time. And uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, the Springboks actually do, they do do the business and win against the Lions again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. That is Boom Chigali. So there's Sports 24, Deputy Editor, right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Uh, still more to come on the show after the news at 7. It is 7 o'clock.